Hello and welcome to When Worldviews Collide, which is a worldview um, radio series led by Pastor Barbara Holmes Brackett, who I'm joined by today. Uh, my name is Elizabeth and I will be interviewing her about history, which is the second part of our history series. Um, today we're going to be discussing if the Bible is historically accurate and what that means for both socialism and for Christianity. How are you today, Barb? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. It's good to be here again. And uh, I guess we're going to be starting with um, what do you think is so important about people believing that the Bible is first and foremost a historically accurate document? It helps, it helps us know that we're not reading a fairy tale. If you, if you look at the Bible and you realize that there are so many, so many documents extraneous from the Bible which, which go along with the time frame that is given in the Bible and also the figures that are given in the Bible. If you study ancient history, you, you study all these people and you recognize the names when you start reading, especially the Old Testament, but also the New Testament, King Herod. Wow, look at that. He's in the history books. Wow. <laughs> That's right. And we, uh, and we can observe, too, like uh, Pontius Pilate, who was a political figure, and Julius Caesar, which is, he's referenced a ton of times, especially in the Gospels when Jesus is alive. Um, and even Barabbas, who they traded for Jesus during the crucifixion. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. He, he's, he's known, well, totally out, extraneous from the Bible. He is <laughs> an established historical figure. That's right. And um, there's a, an archaeologist and a theologian who discovered the newest um, known manuscript of the Bible. Uh, it's recently discovered, oldest manuscript we have. And it's nearly identical to those that have been discovered... You know, maybe like they're like the newer versions of it, I guess, is the way that you would be able to say it. Um, so what does that kind of say about the transcription of the Bible and its efficacy? That's that's interesting because whenever whenever a um, a portion of the Bible was being was being being transcribed, it was very, very carefully done. We don't do anything quite like that. Even letters were counted. So that if there was a new scroll that was being produced, it's going to be exactly like the other scroll. And I can remember actually doing a paper on the Dead Sea Scrolls when I was a freshman in college, actually, and realizing that this important find also led to showing that the transcripts we have received, we have seen before, even though they were new and now this older one, has been found and it's exactly like the ones we already had which adds to the credibility of the efficacy of the bible and it's and it's historical validity which yeah. is really awesome <laughs> that and on top of that we also have ancient historians because obviously we weren't alive during the time that Jesus really? walked on the earth. Oh, I thought maybe you thought I was that old. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, ancient historians like Flavius Josephus and Cornelius Tacitus also mention Jesus. Um, strangely in passing, like we see the Bible and it's like, you know, all kind of leading up to Jesus and everything in the Old Testament is about him um, in some way or another. And they kind of mention him as kind of like 
a figure. They kind of reference him almost like a celebrity. Like if I were going to talk about um, like Tom Cruise or something, <laughs> like they just kind of reference him. Isn't that true? Especially Flavius Dulcephus. He was so, he was almost a contemporary, but he was a well, well respected. Uh, I'm saying almost a contemporary looking back you know, looking 2,000 years right. Contemporary to Jesus' day. <laughs> so he he was very, very, what we would consider within, you know, within 100, 200 years, and doing a well-respected historical work and finding that the, what the Bible says about what happened to him is also in his work. That's the, I found that to be incredibly important. Uh, a few years ago, a man, a young man named Josh McDowell, just, he wasn't going to buy that Jesus Christ was God. He he was just wasn't going to buy it. Just, he, he was very skeptical. And I think a lot of people in their late teens, early twenties feel that way. And so he, he started to do some research to prove that Jesus Christ was not real. He did not live and he was not real. The name of his book at the end of that quest was Evidence That Demands a Verdict. He found there was more proof of the life and the works and the actions of Jesus Christ than any other piece of information from the ancient world. And of course, he accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. Flavius Josephus never says outrightly that he accepted Jesus, but he certainly gave us a reason to believe that he was the Christ, the son of the living God. And that's kind of a perfect segue into how, obviously, if we're going to believe that the Bible is a historically accurate document, we could probably take it at face value as also being credible in what it actually says and what it instructs us to do. Exactly. And so when we see Jesus's life, death, and resurrection, um, even today, it continues to change lives. And that's something that history does so infrequently especially with something that as simple as a single person um how one person has managed to for 2000 years now continuously um be accredited with saving people and with turning their lives around that has never happened in history before people have their kind of their splash in the pan but then their relevancy to to life right now is gone. It's just, oh, interesting guy. Um, would be nice if I could have done something like that, but he, that was then, this is now. But Jesus Christ is changing lives even today. And, and, and in, in the Bible, the, the record of the way he changed lives, raising people from the dead, that's, that's fairly impressive. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the actual, the, the Jews that were in leadership of the day, they wanted in any way they could to stop the spread of Jesus being known because he was showing the people that their, their, their corruption was so real mm. that they had gone from people that were trying to diligently serve God to those who were not. Mm. There's a, there's a man to an archaeologist who archaeology has actually played a, a really foundational role in doing this because obviously it, it's remnants of the past, physical remnants, which yes. is what most people tend to rely on the most because right. we can experience it. Um, Nelson Gluick said, 
it may be stated categorically that no archaeological discovery has ever controverted a biblical reference. Um, Isn't that interesting? But there, there are certainly some that defend the Bible, though. So he's saying that there, there was no way that we can disprove a fact in the Bible by something that's as old and credible. Mm-hmm. That's very, very interesting when you stop to think about all of the things that we are discovering. Even, even recently, places in Jerusalem or in Israel that were found that, were, that are making what the Bible says visible to us in the in the being able to touch it mm-hmm. and see it mm-hmm. and oh wow this is this is what it was said in the bible and look it's right here this is valid and scientists saying mm-hmm. this is consistent with the time frame mm-hmm. that's that's very very big <laughs> so now when we start to think about okay so then if we can believe that the bible is historically sound then now we can kind of look at how does history move? And Christianity proposes that history moves in a line, that it began at a certain point and it is going in a constant purposeful line in one direction. Um, How then does that contrast with how socialism seems to believe that history moves? Socialism says that history is based on economic situations and that everything is moving toward communism. And then that is... That is the utopia. One class of many, many, many people, and then the leaders who are in control of everything. The only trouble with that is communism has never worked for any extended period of time. It doesn't seem to just, it just doesn't work. So how do you say that communism is the end game when you keep trying to do that and it always is unsuccessful and then contrast that with the man Jesus Christ who came and changed the entire world mm. the entire world the, I don't think you can go to many places on the earth where you will not find a Christian mm-hmm. and their and their lives are changed just like the lives of the disciples were changed mm. Right, and and we kind of can see, too, how history um, to a socialist seems to be uh, repetitive and seems to be consecutive, Um, that as we continue to supposedly move towards communism, um, we keep stumbling over ourselves quite a bit. We can't seem to get there. And I think that's because I think socialism gives humans a little too much credit. And, you know, like, really, we're a little too, like, we're not perfect enough to make something that's perfect. I think it's interesting that when socialists start to take some sort of authority, that one of the very first things they do is erase the history that has gone on before. They cannot have people looking back and saying, wow, this worked. And then want to go toward something that's exactly the opposite. It's interesting during the, the Desert Storm and some of the conflicts in, 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 the, in the Middle East in the last, say, 25, 50 years, one of the first things they did is destroy some of the places that were there the longest, some of the places that, that actually verify the veracity of the Bible. 
and they destroyed them. And we see that happening in the United States. What, what did we do in the past? And there's an old saying, if you refuse to study history, you're doomed to repeat it. If, if socialism is saying that it's going on a continuum based on economy, and the economy seems to be doing, it doesn't seem to stay stationary, but if it's going on based on the economy, and they look at different economic, at, at different, different economic aspects, and see that once it goes in a certain direction, communism is mutually exclusive. Right. All right, so that's about as much time as we have for today. Um, next week, we're actually going to be talking about something that's a little bit more specific, which is the historicity, or rather, excuse me, the historical influence of the Bible on America and American history in general and how that fits into Christianity, Great. which is, I know, something that you love to talk about. So uh, we will see you again this time, same time, same place next week. This has been Elizabeth and Pastor Barbara Holmes Brackett. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now.